What monster does this? Are you a monster? Are you being hot? No. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is 30-year-old Amanda Hinzey, former fiancé of Al Mutahan McLean and stepmother to Dakota Collins. Now before we get into this video, I recommend you watch my very first video about Al's interrogation. It's a long one, but it gives a good overview of the case and provides a lot of context for the comparisons I'm going to be making and the contradictions I'm going to be pointing out. If you haven't seen it and really don't want to, I'll do a quick recap and try to splice in some excerpts from Al's interrogation where I can, but again, I really recommend you watch the first one. Without it, you're going to miss a lot of the little details. Dakota Collins was a 10-year-old boy from Dayton, Ohio, who lived with his father, Al Mutahan McLean, Al's fiance, Amanda Hinsey, Amanda's adult sister, Jennifer Ebert, and Al's child half-brother, Josiah Nichols. In December of 2019, Al called the police claiming that he found Dakota unresponsive in his bedroom and couldn't wake him up. Police quickly arrived and Dakota was taken to the hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Hospital staff immediately recognized the signs of prolonged, severe abuse, so all the adults in the home were arrested and brought in for questioning. Police spoke to Al first, who said that he never abused Dakota, but rather, Dakota abused himself. He would throw himself down the stairs, run into walls, jump out of windows, soil himself, eat his own waste, and penetrate himself with objects. He said Dakota's behavior was so bad that he had to be pulled out of school because he was considered a threat to teachers and students. They tried to homeschool him, but he destroyed his books the very first day, so they quit. They tried taking him to a therapist, but after an hour of talking, therapist said he was fine, didn't need him, so they quit. He was so out of control that, for his own safety, they had to keep him locked in an empty, windowless room in the attic for 24 hours a day, only bringing him out to try and feed him. They had to keep him naked all the time because he insisted on immediately soiling any clothes they tried to get him to wear. He made their lives miserable with his constant yelling, singing, and dancing, so they had to discipline him with a spatula and would sometimes pin him to the ground with their knee in his back to get him to calm down. Again, for his safety. This may have looked like years of horrific abuse, but it was really just a couple well-meaning parents trying their best. They really loved him and would never hurt him intentionally, so this is all just a big misunderstanding. So obviously police could immediately tell that this was all BS, and while McLean was believed to be the primary abuser, police knew that with abuse this severe, the other adults in the home had to be at least aware of what was happening, if not directly involved. So after talking with Al for almost two hours, the same two detectives, presumably after a very large coffee and several well-deserved cigarettes, head into the next room to talk to Amanda. 
So without further ado, on to the interrogation. Have you ever been where you like before? No? It is December 13, 2019. It's currently 8.05 at night, and we are at 335 West 3rd Street. And you're Amanda, correct? Amanda, which one I say? Hensel, Pichardin, Zidi. And what's your date of birth? 323, Langman. And your search? Did you have a phone number? Mm-hmm. What's your phone number? 937 Okay, and you live at the 1934 Kensington? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, you're being energy and <coughs> the kind of haunter fly. Okay? Before we ask any questions, you must understand your lights. Now, have you read number one for me? Out loud, I'm sorry. Majority hmm. truly and silent. You did not have to make any statement or answer any questions. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, anything you say can and will be used to construe in a court of law. Do you understand that one? Mm-hmm. You have the right to talk to a lawyer for advice before we ask you any questions and have a lawyer with you during questioning. Do you understand that one? Mm-hmm. If you do not have the money to hire a lawyer, a lawyer appointed by the court or a lawyer from the public defender's office will be provided to you before and during questioning without any cost to you. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. If you decide to answer questions now without a lawyer present, you will still have the right to stop answering at any time. You also have the right to stop answering at any time until we talk to a lawyer. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the waiver of rights. The above statement of rights has been read to me. I understand what my rights are. I am willing to make a statement and answer questions. I do not want a lawyer at this time. I understand and know what I am doing. No promises or threats have been made to me, no, and no pressure or coercion of any kind has been used against me. Do you know what the word coercion means? Mm-hmm. We haven't threatened you or made you any promises. Like being be in charge or anything? Um, or do I need a lawyer? I don't know what's going on. They have well, anything. okay, well, we... Dakota is dead, and it's being investigated as a homicide. So I'm going over your rights because we had you come down here, okay? And it's obviously in regards to this homicide, okay? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, honestly, this isn't saying you're being charged with it, but it's not saying you're not, okay? It's, we're just letting you know your rights before we speak to you. Okay. Mm -hmm and you can decide if you want to talk to us. You can stop talking to us at any time, or you can decide not to answer questions that we ask you. It's up to you. Okay? Next time. And did they say what happened? Huh? Did they say how we how to die? What happened? They put into it. That's how we want to talk to you. Okay? The interrogation begins very bluntly. No rapport building or easy outs. Police tell Hinzi that Dakota is dead, and they believe she was involved. They don't say the second part outright, but they make it clear that the reason she is here is to be questioned about the death of Dakota. 
While most people would be able to infer the seriousness of the situation from this, Hinzi doesn't seem to. In fact, she's already acting annoyed with the whole situation, almost like she couldn't be bothered to help them figure out why a child in her care has died. As you'll see, this is pretty much her baseline for the whole interrogation. How many uh, years of schooling do you have? Or did you have my diploma? You have your degree? A diploma, high school diploma. Oh, have that diploma. Okay, so 20 years of schooling. Where'd you last go to school? Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. So high school in Wisconsin. Okay. I'm just going to have you sign it saying we go over, we went over it. Do you understand it? If you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask and I'll explain it. You first do I still have the right to the lawyer? Yeah, and if you want a lawyer, you can, like I said, you can stop at any time. You request the train. We'll just build up like me. It's just letting you know what your rights are. Okay. okay. It's not taking them away. You don't lose them okay. because you oh, sign this. You still have those rights and you can use your rights at any time. And that's what I'm saying. Like you can say, okay, I'm done, whatever. Okay. Are you willing to talk to us? Yes. Okay. So. Okay. Amanda. Some of my sisters at. Yeah, she's. Uh, we just put her in she's a, a different room, like full of an ADHD and depression, and she's not all there. She's got a learning disability, so she's trying to make sure she's all right. She's not all there, and like she has a learning disability. She doesn't talk much. She doesn't talk much. She can't reach her brother's alley. What time does she do? You can. And my understanding is you work at Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Okay, so does who watches the children when you're not there? Either Ella or my sister. Okay. Yeah, I was usually home during the day. You're not working at night. Okay. You work at night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, what are your hours? Two to eleven, three to eleven, one to eleven sometimes. Okay. So evening, like two to eleven. Okay. Two p.m. to eleven p.m. Okay. Okay. Um. Before they really begin, Hinzi asks where her sister, Jennifer Ebert, who also lived at the home and was also charged in the case, is, stating she has a learning disability, implying that she's worried that Jennifer might not be able to take care of herself while talking to the police. But then she immediately follows this up by saying that Jennifer was one of the people who would regularly care for the kids, which means she's either exaggerating the severity of Jennifer's disability in an attempt to discredit anything damaging she might say to police, or unintentionally admitting that she left her children with a woman who can't even take care of herself. Either way, it's not a good look right off the bat. So tell me what happened today. I woke up around 1 p.m. Uh, and I left. I grabbed my sister and decided to go make some errands to get to the bank before they closed. I had to put some money in the bank. And I made a couple other errands, and then I got back home, and the cops were there. They didn't tell me anything that was going on. Uh, Al came out and said, Sakota was unresponsive, and he had to call the ambulance. That's all I know. Um, so, what were the errands that you went right? Where did you go? I went over to the Dollar Tree to get this out of something to drink, because he was thirsty. What Dollar Tree? Uh, right there, back on this road. Right around the corner from my house. And 
I just had my sister one day named Patty Jordan Farm Juice. And I had to like sit today. By the time I got there, was going to see all the cops there. I thought something had happened. I didn't know what was going on. I was freaking out and, and told me I think go in my house. What bank did you go to? Key Bank. Where is Ilex? I think it's in North Bay. Probably in North Wales around here. Okay, and then where else did you go? To certain school. Dollar Train Key Bank. Okay. Did you go by Walgreens too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, stop the little bit of stuff in the front. Then I sort of like go over to her house later. She had to work till 11, so I'll come back home. So you were going to go over to her house? Mm-hmm. I went over there for Thanksgiving. Who's your friend? Victoria. And she works the Walgreens right? season. So when you let who who all went with you to run in the errands? Just me, my sister, and Josiah. Okay, where was the uh, Takata? I think he's in the bathtub. I heard him in the bathtub. He was in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. He should have been taking a bath because I woke up and I'm still in my pajamas. I just left rather than even getting any drink or use the bathroom. Again, they think you just like went without brushing your teeth or anything. Just yeah, I just got up a lot. I thought it was later what it was. Who <coughs> was in there? Was he in there with anybody? No, oh, the door was closed. He was by himself. Okay. Where was everybody else? My sister was in her room, and Josiah was in the toy room playing. And where was Al? He was sitting on the couch. Did you guys talk at all before you left? Mm-mm. I just said that I went to the bank. I'll be back. He didn't even answer the phone. I'm just trying to call him, but his phone was off. What's his phone number? I don't know it by heart. Can I have to look it up? In the previous interrogation with Al, her fiancé, who was home with Dakota at the time of his death, he had a very shaky recollection of what happened. He claimed to not know if anybody else was home at the time, despite being on the couch in the middle of their house, and changed his story multiple times about what he did with Dakota, where he discovered Dakota, and what state Dakota was in. One thing he was pretty sure of was that at one point, he put Dakota in the bathtub to warm him up after he discovered his cold, unresponsive body. Now he's like, Dad, help. So I come up the stairs to help him. His body was cold, very, very, very cold. So I took him downstairs and tried to rinse him off, you know, to see if he had shaked out of it, wake up. I had no clue that this is going to go anywhere near this far. I just don't understand it. I'm very serious. This is why they're asking where everyone was before Amanda left, if she let Al know she was leaving, and if anyone was in the bathroom with Dakota. They can use her story here to directly contradict Al's version of events, 
and potentially even show that Amanda was aware of Takoda's dire state and the magnitude of her neglect by deciding to leave and run errands anyway instead of calling for help while Al tried to wake him up in the bathtub. This is made even more significant by the eventual results of Takoda's autopsy, which showed that drowning was one of his causes of death, along with blunt force trauma and compressive asphyxia. Uh, 9371. So, yeah, this one now. Mm-hmm. First one has to be needed, and I was out. But it's not unusual as long as always. So, how long have you guys been together? Uh, eight years and then. And he has other children. Mm-hmm. He has other children, right? Where are they? Those two women in the last time. You don't think this movie? You don't have Your mother. Why is that? So Takoto is the only one that you guys have? Mm-hmm. So tell me about Takoda. You belong in living. I mean, just kind of tell me about it. I don't know anything about him. He, well, when we first start together, he was fighting for custody of him in Wisconsin. Um, that's how we met. Uh, he got open that business with him and two was a good kid. Donald Trump, foster home, foster home. Um, then after probably a few years, after we got custody, he moved here. It was in 14. He went to school. That uh, course man, he had a lot of behavior problems. They get kicked out of school. Speech so just had to homeschool to see if that will work. He just get up listening. He didn't want kid behavior problems. There are therapists said that he didn't need therapy. He only had therapy a couple of times. Thirty minutes and half one time, so I took all the lines away. And I just fling them on those young. It's sickening to see, but Amanda clearly has the same sort of feelings towards Takoda that Al did. All the detective said was, Tell me about Takoda, who, just to remind you, Amanda just learned was dead. And she immediately starts talking about how bad of a kid he was how he had severe behavioral problems to the point where he had to be taken out of school, so they decided to homeschool him, only to give up when the behavioral problems continued, and how they tried taking him to therapy, but the therapist said that he didn't need therapy, so again, they just gave up. These claims are almost identical to what Al said in his interrogation, which leads me to believe that they've rehearsed this story before in case something like this were to happen. When I did have counselors speak to him, they'd be like, you know, he was all good. He would play them so slick. He was threatening the teachers and locking them out the classroom. He destroyed all his equipment, all of it. He refused to learn. Every book that I bought him, he picked on it, he shit on it, he destroyed it. Pens became a factor of safety and pencils, you know what I mean? What Amanda leaves out of this story, however, is the fact that in the months before Dakota was voluntarily removed from school, not kicked out, 
His teachers had noticed injuries and signs of neglect and abuse, and had begun placing calls to child services concerned for his well-being, or the fact that when Dakota was evaluated by a therapist, it was done remotely, once, and then the parents decided it was ineffective and stopped seeking treatment. She also fails to mention that all this happened almost two years ago, and in the time since, they haven't tried to seek any additional assessment or treatments, and had instead resorted to keeping Dakota locked in the attic 24 hours a day. Honestly, even Al was more forthcoming about this situation than she is. So, when does Al work? Uh, every now and again, he works at late works, temporary. Later works? Yes. Works when you can. I've been working six days a week full time, so. So, you didn't really see Dakota this morning. You won. Barely ever seen him. Well, I said, by the time I get out, I get dressed and for work and leave. Then I get home and leave and then I stay up till about between 35 in the morning. So, you don't see him at all? Barely. Maybe for a few minutes here and there. So, where does he go to school now? He's homeschooled by her. Me. I give, uh, you know, homework assignments. I usually print them off the library. And then I give them to my sister to get to him. And he did read the books and had to have, like the paperwork. So, you just he was the really version. We usually on the tablet, let the tablet. Uh, and, um, I was looking into like a K 12 or something like that to hand. I think when I helped teaching, but I kind of messed up when we said. You ever talked to his mother? School to school to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, have you talked to her years? So he was in foster care. Why was he in foster care? His mother put him in foster care. Okay. And so you guys got him out of foster care? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when was the last time he got into school? This is the second year being in school. So Josiah, who who's who is whose baby is Josiah? It's Al's brother. His mom's baby, yeah, or dad's. His mom's. I don't think they know their fathers. Okay. So, how do you guys have them? Uh, she left them with us, and we was taking care of them. I haven't talked to her in a while. She's I don't know if she's in jail or what. I haven't talked to her. She I just left them off, and so we went and picked them up. Uh, when we picked them up, she had a really bad type crash. It was on the way. Um, he was with uh, his aunt, which is her sister. Um, she wasn't taking care of him. She saw a lot of stuff, so we went and picked him up. And you've had him pretty much his whole life? Mm-hmm. He's like a year in. And then I think Elle talks to his mother, but I don't. So I didn't know where the plans were. 
I haven't spoken to her in been a year or so. This raises some issues that I didn't really cover as much as I should have in my first video. The first is just the sheer absurdity that Al, Amanda, and Jennifer were somehow considered by multiple people to be the better option for multiple children, despite their extensive criminal records and history of neglect. But the second, much bigger and much more underlying issue is that in all honesty, they probably were. It's easy to look at these things in hindsight and just blame the system for failing these kids, which believe me, I do and we should, saying that they should never have been in their care in the first place. But a lot of the time in cases like this, the options were these parents or no parents. Al and Amanda only had custody of Dakota because his mother, Robin Collins, severely abused him as a baby. While it's heartbreaking that Dakota never made it to 11, if he had been left in his mother's care, he might not have made it to one. Now obviously, this doesn't justify the horrific stuff they did. By any standard, it was pure evil, and they deserve a worse punishment than they got. But it goes to show that things like this are never cut and dry. And that's not even going into the cycle of abuse, how McLean, Amanda, and Jennifer were all very likely abused themselves growing up, inherently learning to handle children with violence and aggression growing up to further perpetuate the cycle until it reached a generation that just couldn't take it. I'm not trying to elicit sympathy. I have none. Regardless of how they were raised, they chose to do what they did. I'm just saying this process probably didn't start with them, but it's a shame it had to end with Dakota. So, where does everybody in the house, like, where do they sleep? Well, Al and I have our bedroom. Then just a nice and tight seats in our room. We go with both flying floor. We have a couch, just stairs. Uh, then there's a bedroom across from us, which is what's called a slip chat. And then my sister, we kind of made her a bedroom in the back of the house. So, Dakota okay, so stays in the bedroom across from mine. Josiah doesn't stay in there at all? Maybe yeah, he there. You can leave these with just Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you get up about one, and your sister's where? She's on her own. So you could go get her and say, hey, you got to run to the store? Mm-hmm. I was typically, I don't want to drive around. Okay. And to pivot us in the bathroom. The appeal was closed. Okay. Uh, the bath border. But Al was sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. Okay. When's the last time that you're aware that Dakota ate? I didn't ask, but I'm assuming at breakfast, lunch, and they had pizza, food. Happy pizzas, and I just made a whole type beer for dinner last night. So, what my buddy ate, it's just pizza and pizza. Amanda says she heard the bathwater running before she left. This leads me to believe that she definitely knew what was going on. According to her, when she returned home from the bank, the police were already at the house and wouldn't let her inside. She says that Al shouted to her that Dakota was unresponsive but it seems like they didn't have any chance to speak by themselves without police. 
As mentioned before, drowning was discovered to be one of Dakota's causes of death. So if she already knew that they were going to find that evidence, and she's already trying to cover for it by saying Dakota was running his own bath, that means she would have had to know what was going to happen to him, or what was already happening, when she left. She then contradicts Al's version of events again when she says he had definitely eaten last night and she assumes he'd eaten that morning. In Al's interrogation, he said that Dakota never wanted to eat, that it was an ongoing issue that they were trying their best to address. Can't get him to eat his breakfast. He don't want to eat his breakfast. All he want to do is eat his feces. He would take 10 hours, 20 hours to eat his food, 20 hours to eat a, a bowl of noodles. Or how is he supposed to be healthy, you know what I mean? One just chooses to eat his food, and the other one chooses to eat his the truth, of course, being that they just didn't feed him, as his autopsy would also show signs of extreme, long-term malnourishment. So while they are on the same page with most of their story, it still deviates in several key places, each one putting another well-deserved nail in their proverbial coffins. Explain to me what all these marks are on Dakota. What marks? The marks all over his body. From jumping out the window or what? No, I don't look at him. These marks on his body. I don't. He's tearing out your family's body. I have no idea. Okay. Somebody said that she said Josiah was visiting from Tennessee. Yeah, his mom's supposed to be getting him back, but he, she hasn't gotten a hold of us. See, We've just been taking care of him. For how long? Oh, um, since April. Like marks on his face, you didn't? You never noticed the marks on his face? I didn't see him this morning. I haven't seen him. Or maybe there's a big cut that's on his, and like around his foot. Mm -hmm. Never noticed that. Mm -mm. When was the last time you saw him? Probably last week or so. I've been working six days a week trying to get some extra money for the holidays. And okay, well, there's still a day left. Not long, I usually. So, what do you do on that day? I just head off today and yesterday. And I just completely sleeping and then sick. So, you had yesterday off? Being. You didn't see him at all yesterday? I was in my bedroom. I've been sick, really. Don't start throwing a blank So where was he? In the house. Had you watched TV at all night? Can't you usually just play around watching TV? When I get playing around? Yeah, they usually watch cartoons. You think it looks like I start playing around? Well, usually while it does then, he still goes to his friend's house a lot. What parent has? The lowest name. Stay. If you find something. So you never noticed, you never realized he had these marks all over his body. He needs to on his arms, on his hands. Oh, you I never noticed that? that? Oh, well. I usually leave. Amanda insists that, despite homeschooling Dakota and being one of his primary caretakers, 
She never noticed any of the multiple severe bruises and lacerations that covered his entire body, including his arms and face. She lazily posits that she didn't really see him today, so she could have missed it, or that it could have happened at one of his friends' houses, friends that he spends enough time with for her to overlook multiple noticeable injuries, but she doesn't know any of their names. It's obvious that she knows exactly what they're talking about and exactly who did it, but she'd rather just play dumb, making her look either heartless or oblivious, or both. After listening to this woman outright deny having any knowledge of Dakota's extremely blatant abuse, not to mention the two hours they spent with Al right before this hearing the exact same thing, the detectives have reached a breaking point, and very deservedly start absolutely laying in to Amanda. Let's not play stupid, okay? Because I, I really don't have a lot of tolerance for stupid. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to a kid that lost his life. So this is your chance to explain this to us because you're not stupid, okay? You can kind of play like you are, but you're not stupid. So let's discuss how this happened to him. I, I don't you do this to him? Did no. you do this to him? No, I didn't. Were you being that? No. Okay, who was? I don't know. I, I wasn't you there. You do know. I wasn't there. Come on. But you're still not stupid. I didn't, never touched him. I love him. So I did now that's your homeschool then. You, yeah. didn't, you didn't talk to him? Barely you never noticed that this kid was probably miserable his entire 10 years, or at least the time that this has been going on, because this didn't just happen. What monster does this? Are you a monster? No. Oh, well then tell me how this happened. I don't know. He's usually wearing clothes when I'm around him. But they were on his arms, on his hands. His face had cuts. I didn't see him today. I don't know. I, they weren't from today. They were from a period of time, not just today. What clothes does he wear? He had jeans and khaki pants and t-shirts. I had to throw 99% of them out. What did he have left? He only had a couple pairs left until what I got them more. They were in his room. And the room where all the toddler clothes were? Yes. Last That's where all the clothes were. Toddler size. I kept all the clothes there. But 90% of them had hair in the room. might have been clothes up in the upstairs. So who goes in the upstairs? Not only to leave it locked. Because it leaks. It's off limits. So why is there urine and stuff out there? My dogs walk through sometimes. And key and buckets? You can you train your dog to pee in buckets? There's no buckets up there. Yeah, there's a swimming urine in there. There's really, you know, that yes. actually mirrors the ceiling leaks. There's no So the dogs hang out up in the attic? Sometimes they go up there because they don't get along, so we have to bring another dog in. Still bring the outside dogs in while the dog has to go upstairs on the basement. These are the biggest contradictions to Al's story, which, again, surprisingly, was much more honest. Where he at least admitted that they kept Dakota locked in the attic, Amanda tries to say that they only kept their dogs up there, and the reason that it was quadruple padlocked was because the plumbing leaked. Where Al claims they kept Dakota naked because he soiled himself, Amanda is completely denying that, saying that he has clothes, she just keeps him in another room. And where are his clothes? He didn't have no clothes on. If I give him clothes, he's gonna spoil them. 
right away. We're not talking about a, a, a two-year-old or a three-year-old. This man is 11, so we're talking big sh I mean, he can pal up, eat as much as he wants, and save it for about a couple days. Boom. Everywhere. That's how bad it was. If I sent him to school, they called me saying he don't have a hood. His jacket is ripped in half. So he just sits upstairs naked all day? Sometimes, yeah. The more police bring up the abuse, the more she just flat out denies any knowledge of it. As if, despite all this evidence against her, if she just plays dumb, she won't be held accountable for it. She's not negligent, she's just stupid. It's obvious that the detectives are fed up with her shit, and I don't blame them. This woman's a monster. So let's get back to this. So today a 10 year old who was going to be 11 very soon, is that correct? 18. Um, lost his life, somehow. And has marks all over him that couldn't be self-inflicted. So I'd like to know how that happened. Pass up After this interrogation, Amanda would refuse to talk to police any further, so she was charged with child abuse and booked into the Montgomery County Jail to await trial. As police investigated and the full scope of Dakota's abuse became more apparent, the decision was made to try Amanda and Al separately, with Al being charged with murder and Amanda being charged with manslaughter, in addition to multiple child abuse charges for both. Amanda initially intended to plead not guilty, maintaining her innocence for most of her time in jail, frequently spending hours a day talking to McLean on the phone about how they did their best and this was just an accident. That changed, however, when Al went to trial first, only to take a plea deal, pleading guilty to murder, kidnapping, rape, and child endangerment, receiving a minimum of 51 years in prison. After realizing that her chances of getting off were pretty much shot, she took a deal as well, pleading guilty to manslaughter and child endangerment, getting a minimum of 22 years. Shortly thereafter, her sister Jennifer Ebert would also take a deal, getting eight years for neglect and endangerment. Personally, I find this to be a bittersweet conclusion. While I'm obviously happy that all three of these monsters will be locked up for the foreseeable future, I can't help but feel like they still got off light. It's definitely better than nothing, especially with Al, who will likely spend the rest of his natural life in prison. But with Amanda, I'm just not sure. On one hand, it's possible that Al really was that much of a domineering person, forcing her to be complicit with his heinous abuse, intimidating her into keeping quiet and allowing it to happen. If that's the case, then it seems fair for her to receive a pretty hefty punishment, but short enough that she'll likely be able to spend at least some time in the real world. But it's also possible that she was just as cruel and heartless as he was, willingly going along with the abuse, intentionally turning a blind eye to the suffering of a child because she was so infatuated with him. And if that's the case, then she really did get less than she deserved. But what do you think? Do you think the punishment is fair, or do you think she deserved more time? or even less? Let me know in the comments below. I do have the two-hour interrogation footage of Jennifer Ebert, so if you enjoyed this video and would like to see my analysis of that, like the video and subscribe to the channel. 
Depending on the response, I might even do that one next. If you want to show some extra support and get a couple bonuses like in-video shoutouts and access to ad-free versions of all my videos, consider becoming a channel member or joining my Patreon. There's multiple tiers starting at just $1 a month for full access and going up from there if you want to pay any more. You can check out all my socials, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I have a second channel with all my raw interrogation footage called the Crime-Tyrion Collection. And before I thank my supporters, I just want to take a second to talk to anyone who might be struggling right now. If you're feeling overwhelmed, hopeless, empty, or depressed, just know that you aren't alone. Myself and many others have been exactly where you are. It can be scary to ask for help, especially when the disease you have tells you that you're an isolated incident, that not only will you always feel this way, but you're the only one who's felt this way, and people would look down on you if you told them you're feeling this way. None of that is true. There are hundreds, thousands, millions of people out there that are ready to help you, and all you need to do is ask. A good place to start is the SAMHSA hotline. It's a resource that I've used personally, and has helped not only me, but countless other people. They will listen. They will help you. You just have to ask. You are worth it. The world needs you. And these feelings are not permanent. Alright, thank you for hearing me out. Thank you for watching the video. And now I'd like to thank... Sherry Spain, Josh Efford, Lisa Wilson, Game Changer, and all of my wonderful patrons and channel members. And finally, if you're looking for a little slightly different but equally spooky content, check out my friend Shades of Sinister here on YouTube. She does a lot of short videos and live streams over on her TikTok, but now she's dipping her toes into the long-form pool. So show her some love and tell her Justin sent you. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.